Welcome to the Valley Brook Community Church Podcast, and thank you for joining us online today. You're about to hear a message from our current series, Because He Lives. This series digs deep into just how much Jesus' death on the cross impacts us in the best way. To watch any of our previous messages or find all listening platforms, we encourage you to visit www.valleybrook.cc forward slash on demand. Enjoy. Well, good morning, everybody, and happy Easter to you. Let's try that again. Good morning, everybody. (laughs) All right. Hey, I want to start with a a, a question, a rhetorical question, all right? And and the question is a simple question. You know, why are you here today? Now, if you're a guest, it may be because somebody invited you to be here. If you're a traditionalist, it may be because it's your tradition to attend church on Easter Sunday. If you're a child, it may be because your parents brought you here today. If you're a worshiper and you love to worship, it may be that you're here to to worship. Um, Obviously, if you're a Christ follower, you're here because you believe in and you follow Jesus and his teaching. Truthfully, you could be here for any of those reasons and, and many more. But if you're here because of one of those things, I wanna say maybe you're here because of something bigger that's going on, that maybe you've considered or maybe you haven't considered. What if there's a greater reason, a greater purpose than you realize for being in this room today? Could there be something more purposeful about your presence than you've considered? We are here to remember that Jesus of Nazareth was executed Because he said he was God's Messiah, and his body was taken off of the cross where he was crucified, and then it was hastily stored in a tomb on that Friday evening because that was the beginning of the Jewish Sabbath, and and no work was supposed to take place after sundown. And then he stayed in the tomb all the next day. But we pick up the story in the Gospel of John. We're early on the morning on that, first, on that Sunday. It was called the first day of the week. While it was still dark, Mary Magdalene and some others went to the tomb, and they saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. And so she came running back to the disciples, back to Simon Peter, and she said, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. And so John's gospel says that Peter and another disciple started out for the tomb. They were both running ahead and they reached there and they bent over and they looked in the tomb and there were strips of linen lying there, but there was no body. They saw it. And it says in scripture about the other disciple that he saw and believed. But then there's a little parentheses in the scriptures that says, They still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. And then it says they went back to where they were staying. So what these disciples saw and believed wasn't at that point that they believed that Jesus had been raised to life. What they believed was that his body was gone, that it had been taken. But the story continues, and we find that Mary has returned to the empty tomb. And while she is there, this is where the story continues. Mary stood outside the tomb crying, and as she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb. 
And she saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and one at the foot. They asked her, woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, and I don't know where they have put him. And then she turned around, and she saw Jesus standing there, but she didn't recognize that it was Jesus yet. And he asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who is it you were looking for? Now, she thought possibly he was the gardener, and so she said, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will go get him. Jesus looked at her and said, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. And Jesus said, don't hold on to me. I have yet to ascend to the Father, but go instead to the others and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and to your God. And so Mary Magdalene went to the other disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord. And she told them what he had said to her. Mary saw and believed. And she told the others that she had seen Jesus, that he had risen from the dead, and that he was alive. Now, if we were to continue reading in the Gospel of John, we would see that, that Jesus appears to all of the disciples, and he talks with them, and they believed in him. They understood that he had risen from the dead. And because he lives, their lives were changed forever. Now, if we knew all of the life stories of those men and women who were the first followers of Jesus, we would see that their lives did take on new meaning. Uh, being fishermen or tradeswomen or whatever their occupation was, no longer was their main purpose and reason for living. Because Jesus lives, their lives had new purpose. And these men and women faithfully followed the risen Jesus, and they followed what he taught, and they shared it with others because they understood that God sent Jesus to save the world, that through faith in Jesus, they and all people could be saved from their sin and receive the promise of eternal life. And this obviously is true for us also. It's true that because he lives, and we celebrate that today, our lives have purpose. There's a verse in the Bible that helps us understand our purpose, so I, I want to read it to you. It is in Christ that we find out who we are and what we are living for. Long before we first heard of Christ and got our hopes up, he had his eye on us, had designs on us for glorious living, part of the overall purpose he is working out in everything and everyone. That verse tells us three things. It tells us that we were created on purpose. It tells us that we find our purpose in this life through Christ. And it tells us that we're part of God's bigger purpose for the world. So we know that God raised Jesus back to life for a specific reason, which was to save us from sin and to lead us to God. So if God did that on purpose, then that means God has something very important in mind for each and every one of us. And so I'm going to look at those 
three statements that I said that verse tells us. Let's talk about the fact that you and I were created on purpose. Knowing that Jesus lives, that God sent him to earth to be the ultimate and the final sacrifice to pay for the sins of humanity so we could all know God and spend forever with him tells us that you and I were created by God on purpose. It tells us that God wanted us here, that he created us in our mother's womb on purpose. In fact, the Bible testifies to this truth. In the book of Isaiah, God says, I am your creator. You were in my care even before you were born. Think about that. God tells us that he was thinking about us before we cried our first cry on this earth. You see, God wants us here. None of us is an accident. God created us on purpose. In Psalm 139, we read this about God. The psalmist writes, You saw me before I was born and scheduled each day of my life before I began to breathe. Every day was recorded in your book. Knowing that we're created on purpose it's important for each and every one of us to know and embrace. It, it helps us understand that we have importance. It helps us to understand that we are valuable. It gives us a reason to live. Claire Winehouse wasn't a follower of Jesus, but at a very early age, she had a life-transforming experience that helped her understand that despite the challenges she was born with, her life had purpose. She was born with cystic fibrosis, and the doctors told her parents that she would probably live about 10 years. And despite that illness, she was always optimistic and full of life. And at the age of 13, she went through a traumatic experience where both of her lungs collapsed, and she was in a coma, and doctors gave her about a 1% chance of living. But after 16 days, she came out of that coma and that near-death experience, and her life and her outlook was radically changed because of the understanding that her life mattered. So at the age of 14 and knowing that she had limited time to live, Claire started a foundation called the Clarity Project to raise money for terminally ill children with cystic fibrosis. She then spent the rest of her teenage years giving inspirational speeches filled with insights like this. The quality of your life isn't determined by whether you're healthy or sick or rich or poor. It's determined by what you make out of your experience as a human being. The moment you realize it's not about avoiding suffering, it's about making something from your suffering, she said, is incredibly freeing. It's interesting, when you, when you listen to Claire deliver those insights, it's hard to believe that she was just a teenager at the time she said them. And although she only lived to the age of 21, so many say that her awareness of her mortality combined with that near-death experience accelerated her understanding of who she was and what she wanted to do in this world. Today, I want you to know that no matter what your life experience is, no matter the ups or the downs, the, the mountaintop highs or the valley lows, no, no matter what you've suffered or what your challenges are, no matter how hard life feels, or how average it feels, you were created 
for a purpose by your creator. And the proof of that purpose can be found in what we celebrate today, that that God sent Jesus to this earth to pay the price for our sinfulness. Why? So that we could be forgiven and so that we could know God and spend forever with him in eternity because this life on earth is short. God created us. God created you. He loves you. You are valuable to him. And he lives. And because he lives, you will also find your purpose in Christ. Now, personally, I grew up in North Carolina, and that region of the southern United States is called the Bible Belt because it's a cultural expectation in the South that people are Christian and that they go to church. In fact, it was quite normal for me when I was growing up that when you met somebody new, eventually you would ask them, probably in the first conversation, where do you go to church? It was just a cultural expectation. But the reality is that attending church doesn't actually equal believing in and following Jesus. And my life is a testimony to that reality. On most Sundays when I was growing up, you could have seen me in a church That's what my family did. Attending church was part of the weekly rhythm of our lives. And during those first 19 years of my life, if you were to ask me if I was a Christian, my answer would have sounded something like this. Yeah, I'm a Christian. I go to church. I I equated the two. In my immature mind, I, I didn't understand that attending church didn't necessarily meant that you had come to the place where you believed in and followed Jesus. And and. And because we were there so much, it was just such a normal part of my life. My parents served, my parents led, and and that just became something that I did. And I never realized, I never made the connection that being in the building didn't mean, mean I believed in Jesus. So in my late teens, there were hints that something was missing. I, I was still immersed in that culture of attending and doing things at church that I, I really didn't see what was missing, but I, I still remember a conversation or two that, where somebody asked me what I believed, and I would respond with the answer of what I did at church. I couldn't quite make the connection that they were asking me, no, 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 what do you believe? And, and I would always respond with what I did. I, I just didn't get it. I knew what we did at church, but I didn't know what we believed, and it just didn't connect for me. Now, with all of that time in church, I am certain that I heard scriptures that talked about believing in Jesus, but it just never clicked to me. I didn't really know what it meant to be a Christ follower. But that all changed when I got to college because God put me around people who had strong faiths in Jesus and they would ask me what I believed. They would ask me about faith and when I would respond with what I did at church, they would ask me again what I believed. And, and honestly, over time, I, I, I still didn't get it and I would push back and I would be, get defensive about their questions about what I believed And so somewhere along the way, they sort of called a truce and said, why don't you just read the Bible? Why don't you pray and talk to God? Now, 
I'm certain that in all of those Sundays in church and in those children's classes that I was probably in every week, I probably heard the most famous Bible verse of all, John 3, 16, but I don't remember it, but I do remember after I was challenged to read the Bible, reading it for the first time, and, and it sunk in. If you don't know the verse, it goes like this in one translation. God loved the people of this world so much that he gave his only son so that everyone who has faith in him will have eternal life and never really die. When I finally read that verse on my own and put it all together, I believed in Jesus. And I understood that believing in Jesus didn't equate with going to church. I went to church because I was a Christian, not the other way around. I finally understood that accepting Jesus' forgiveness for my sins and believing in him was what saved me. That Jesus paid for my sins, and when he rose from the dead, he defeated the power of sin and death for our forgiveness and to offer us eternal life. So that's when I figured out what, what we read from Ephesians chapter 1 this morning. It is in Christ that we find out who we are and what we're living for. By having faith in Christ, we are saved for eternity. We become part of God's family. We become sons and daughters of God, and we live to follow him. In Christ, we find our purpose. God gave a prophecy to the people of Israel through the prophet Isaiah thousands and thousands of years ago that still applies to those today who believe in and follow Jesus. And here's what God said. I know the plans I have for you. They are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. You see, God has a plan for all humans it's a good plan for our future. It's a plan that gives us hope. But God's not a dictator, so he doesn't force that plan on us. God's plan was to send Jesus to be the Savior of the world. And the message is that if we believe in Jesus, that means we'll follow him and his teaching, and we'll know God, and we'll receive the promise of eternal life. It is in Christ, or in other words, through faith in Christ, that we understand our purpose is to know God. While we live on this earth, and when, when our time on earth is over, to spend forever with him in eternity. Knowing you were created on purpose, and knowing your purpose in life is powerful. But it's also powerful to know this, that your purpose is to be part of something greater. The Bible tells us this about God. His plans endure forever. His purposes last eternally. You know, it's very easy to be myopic and self-centered, but when I realized that not only did God create me on purpose, but that he created you and you and you and all of us on purpose, then I began to understand that I'm part of something bigger than myself. I began to comprehend that my purpose and your purpose in this life is connected to God and God's purpose for the whole world. The Bible shows us that our lives are connected to something greater, God's purpose for all of us and the world. In the second letter 
that Paul wrote to Timothy. We read these words about God. He has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because we have done, not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time, but it has now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus, who has destroyed death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. You see, God saved us for his greater purpose, that we would believe in him and and spend forever with him and that we would help others come to understand that same truth. Now, whether you're a fan of Marvel Comics or not, I suspect some of, most of you know about the movie the, with the Marvel superhero, The Black Panther. Actor Chadwick Boseman played the character of the Black Panther to much acclaim, and as his acting fame was rising, the world was shocked in 2020 when he died of colon cancer. Death is always shocking, but Bozeman's passing was all the more gripping because nobody knew that the star had been facing this illness. While filming the blockbusters like 21 Bridges, Avengers, Infinity Wars, uh, Black Panther, and Marshall, he was undergoing treatment for stage three colon cancer. Now, Knowing something about trials, he shared his wisdom and his faith in Jesus because he understood he was part of something bigger, part of God's bigger plan, regardless of his health concerns. So in 2018, he was asked to be the commencement speaker at his alma mater, Howard University. And I'll share with you something he said. Sometimes you need to feel the pain and sting of defeat to activate the real passion and purpose that God predestined inside of you. God says in Jeremiah, I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. You see, as a Christian, Bozeman knew God had created him on purpose and that he was part of God's bigger purpose And if you read about his life, you will hear about his faith and how he served others. Particularly moving are the stories of when he served other children who had cancer. In the book of Acts, there's an epitaph of sorts about the most famous king of Israel, King David. And it says this, when David had served God's purpose in his own generation, He fell asleep and was buried. David knew God, and he served God's greater purpose in his life. And that's so powerful because we all know that at the end of life, the things that we've accumulated, as well as many of the things that we have done, will not matter. But still, we want to know if our lives mattered. And I can assure you, That if you've allowed yourself to be part of God's bigger plan, his his bigger purpose for the world, the answer will be yes. You see, I believe there's a reason that we were all in this room today. I believe that there was a purpose for it, that we were all here on purpose. And so I hope that you remember these three things from being here. You were created on purpose. You'll find your purpose in Christ And you are part of God's greater purpose.
In fact, I believe that God is inviting us to live for him and for him by fulfilling those purposes that he has made us for. That he tells us that if we believe in him and if we receive him into our lives, that we'll be saved for eternity. So God tells us that in his word that we need to put our faith in him, our trust in him, and that's so important that we do that. And so this morning, I want to give you the opportunity to do that, to put your trust and your faith in him. But I also want to pray for all of you, and I really want to challenge you to take this message to heart and don't just say, wow, that was good. So when you leave today, or you may have already picked one up when you came in, there's a copy of a small book. And the book says, what on earth am I here for? And if you will invest the small amount of time that it will take you to read it, you will learn more about God's purpose for your life and what he wants for you and for all of us. And so I want to encourage you to pick up a copy, maybe pick up two and, and read them with a friend or, uh, and answer the questions at, at each short chapter. And maybe parents, read them with your kids, or, uh, whether they're adult kids or if they're young kids, and, and ask the questions and really drill down into it. I want to also mention this, that, that if you uh, uh, speak Spanish, uh, we'll have copies in Spanish too. You can see one of the ushers in the back to ask them for a Spanish version, and they would be more than happy to give you one. Because the big idea here, the big understanding that we need to leave here today is that, that God loves us, that we were created on purpose by him, that our life has purpose now and forever, and that we are part of God's greater purpose for the world. And so when we take the opportunity to read this book, we're going to learn more about this purpose. But when we take the time to invite somebody else to learn about it with us, we're actually part of God's bigger purpose. So I want to pray for you. I want to pray that you'll read the book, that you'll invest in that, that small amount of time that it will take to read it and answer those questions. But I also want to give anybody the opportunity who's never put their faith in Jesus, their trust in him, to accept that he loves them and has a purpose for their lives to do that. So I'm going to pray first, invite anybody who wants to become a follower of Jesus to do that. And then I'm going to pray for all of us that we would live in our purpose. So if you would, Bow your heads, close your eyes. God, as we have come into this place today, we recognize that there is a reason that we're here. To remember the purpose for which you created each one of us and the purpose that you have for our lives and, and the greater purpose that we're called into. And so for anybody who's never decided to tell Jesus they believe in him and want to follow him, I invite you to pray these words silently back to God. Dear God, I believe in Jesus. Go ahead and pray that silently. I believe that he died to pay for my sins. And I accept his forgiveness. And I believe that he rose again from the dead and he defeated the power of sin and death. And today I want to follow him for the rest of my life. And we'll say amen to that. But now I just want to pray for all of us. Lord, thank you for those of us who have made the decision to believe in you and follow you some time ago. 
Lord, I pray that we would lean into the purpose that you've created us for. Lord, I pray that as we read this little book, invest that amount of time in it, that you will speak to us and give us a deeper understanding of how much you love us and the purpose that you have for us. And I pray, Lord, that you would give us the courage to take the time to discuss this and read this with someone else so that we can help expand your purpose amongst the world that you've called us to live in. And I pray this in your name. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. It is our sincere hope that it has blessed you. For more information, visit our website at www.valleybrook.cc.